Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're continuing our series um, entitled Why? Why? It's a, I know it's a, man, it's a, man, it took a long time to think that one up. And uh, what we're discussing is just kind of the difficult questions that we have in society, the difficult questions that we ask with, maybe even within the church. And the entire series is des- designated to help us in areas where we might struggle in our faith in God. Those areas, those questions that we think about that doesn't make a lot of sense. We, we ask the questions, why should we, I follow Jesus? Why is the Bible so restrictive? We ask some of those questions already. And today I'm going I'm to dive into a little bit of a different topic. It's one that maybe you're going like, huh? But I'm going to ask the question, why do we need to die to ourselves? Have you ever heard that comment? You just need to die to yourself. What does that mean? I mean, I remember when I was in youth, and I was struggling with some stuff, and I went and talked to somebody, one of the youth leaders, and, and they made that comment, you just need to die to yourself. Okay, what, what does that mean? I mean, I'm young, I have all my dreams, aspirations. Are you telling me I just need to die to everything, all my dreams, and I just need to die? What does that mean, die to yourself? I mean, it's been that, that kind of a phrase has been in the church as long as I can remember. And you know I remember being in one meeting, we were talking about dying to yourself. All of a sudden, they show this picture of Mother Teresa. And here's a perfect example of how to die to yourself. She goes to Calcutta, India. She gives her life into the streets of Calcutta, India to feed the, orf- the, the orphans, the poor. And, and it's a tremendous work. But I, all I can think in my mind is die to myself. Man, it seems like, man, that's a road where all of a sudden it's just so painful, so difficult. It's something that I can't figure out how to do. It's, it's, it's beyond my ability. I, as a youth, I kind of equated dying to self as kind of like a miserable and difficult life. You know what? Does anybody relate to me? Sign me up. Put me in the front line. I'm going to die to myself. Be a great way to grow the church. Hey, come to South Coast Christian. Die to yourself. There you go. Today, I want to discuss that phrase. What does it mean? Where does it come from? How can it help me? And let's begin by looking at the words of Jesus. And this is our text for today. It's found in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 8, where Jesus says in the verses 34 and 35, Jesus says these words. He says, Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you are trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And once again, I pray, God, that your word would penetrate our heart and our mind. I pray that it's just not words on a piece of paper, but, Lord, that these words, uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, will make an impact in our life. And will make a difference. I pray, God, that we do not leave the same way that we entered. Lord, that we leave today with more of your presence, with more, of your under, with more understanding of who you are in our life than ever before. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The phrase, take up your cross, is significant. 
During the time of Jesus, that phrase meant that you were on your way to be executed. Take up your cross, follow me. It really meant that, you know, if you had a cross, it was a form of execution. Remember, Jesus carried his cross on his shoulders on the, on the road down to where he was going to be crucified. Sometimes we read this phrase in such a blasé manner, like it's no big deal. Yet in Jesus' day, this statement would have, would have brought fear into someone's life. It would have brought, it would go like, what did you say? Did, did you, he was in the crowd, all of a sudden he says, you know what, if you, if you really want to just follow me, take up your cross and follow me. They said, what did he say? Did he say take up your cross? During Jesus' day, it was not uncommon for someone to see a criminal carrying their cross on their way to their execution. And it's kind of hard for us to grab a hold of that. We kind of say this in a blase, we read it in a blase manner. We don't, we don't really understand what that's all. But it'd be like for me saying, hey guys, let's all go over to Dana Point today after church. And we're going to go, have you ever hiked up from the Dana Point where the cliffs are right there? And you walk around there. Okay, we're going to go all together. And then I'm actually going to go, I want you to follow me. I'm going to go jump off the cliff. How many of you are going to go with me as I jump off the cliff? Jesus is saying to these people, hey, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. What does that mean? And I really believe that Jesus' statement has to do with our identity. What we value in our life. And that's the question I want to discuss with you today. Where do you find your identity? You see, many people find identity in their workplace or in their career, in their profession. If you're a police officer, guess what? You find your identity as a person who protects others, right? If you're a fireman, you find your identity in a person who saves lives. If you're a school teacher, guess what? You're going to find your identity in the ability to educate kids, in the ability to educate youth. If you're a construction worker, you find your identity in building buildings, constructing buildings, or remodeling buildings. That's where you find identity. Maybe you discover your identity from your family. Maybe you have this really cool family, this awesome family, and you find your identity. Or maybe it's a famous family. And you go, that's where I find my identity. Maybe you find identity in religion. Or in the way that you serve charitable organizations, you love to go out there and serve and to help others. And you find identity in that. In secular society, there's this big push in finding identity from within. It's all about you. You find your identity from your feelings. Well, how do you feel about the situation? In fact, listening to your family or church in today's culture is really discouraged. What? Don't, no, 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 no. They don't understand who you are. No, don't, don't listen to your family. Don't listen to your parents. They don't, they don't understand what, what you're going through. No, no. The church can't relate to you. They don't understand anymore. They don't identify with you. Instead, you're encouraged to listen to your own thoughts and feelings. Don't listen to parents. Don't listen to authority. Listen to yourself. Don't let anyone tell you who you are, but who you, who you are. Let your, let your feelings tell that. You don't need the validation of others. You don't need any outside perspective. Just rely on self. But let me ask you this question. Can you really find identity through self-recognition? Don't we need outside validation to find identity? We've all tried to find, you know, try to, do, try to 
um, encourage ourselves or find uh, validation in ourselves. We've all tried to do that in our own way. You know, I've done this, I've done that. We kind of brag about ourselves. Have you ever? And sometimes we do that when we all when we when we feel less than or we feel like we have insecurities. We just well, you know, we're gonna. Have you seen me lately? What have I done? But the problem is self-validation doesn't give us the approval that we are seeking in our lives. At some point, we must recognize that we need the validation of someone beside ourselves. Otherwise, otherwise what we do is we end up being that American Idol candidate. I've talked about that before. Where all of a sudden you're singing and you're totally off pitch. You can't sing. And all the judges give you an honest assessment. They say, you know what, you're not very good. But you can't take that critical assessment. You, you walk off the stage. I don't care what you're saying. And they start, they start saying some unkind words about the judges. I'm a star. All of us in America watching the TV go, no, you're not a star. You're not a star. Someone needs to tell, tell her the truth. Tell him the truth. Doesn't matter what you say, I'm a star. But as we all know, it's only a dream within their own mind. And one day that in the world, their world will come crashing down when they learn that they've only been deceiving themselves and they've been believing their own lies. And I want you to catch this thought. We live in a culture that promotes the idea of living for self, not dying to self. We live in this culture that we need to live for self. And yet the gospel, what Jesus says, is that you need to die to self. Man, it's the exact opposite of what society declares on us today. The question being asked is this. So many times what we ask in our culture, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? So what Jesus is saying when he makes this statement, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. I read a, a, a book the other day, and inside the book, they made a quote about Frozen. How many of you have ever seen the movie Frozen? Okay. Now, what I'm going to say right now, I do not want to get any hate mail because I'm, also, I'm bagging on Disney. I'm not bagging on Disney, okay? I don't even know that I've actually seen the entire movie Frozen. I'm just taking this out of the book, and it struck me in such a way. I thought, you know what, this is really, really good because it relates to our current culture of the day. Listen to these words that, that I, um, in this Disney movie, it's Elsa. And she begins to so sing the following lyrics. Some of you guys can probably sing these lyrics, especially those who have little kids. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Did you hear that? No right. No wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. These lyrics are really reflective of today's modern culture. You know what? There is no rules. There is no right. There is no wrong. I'm free. You make your own identity. Don't listen to anyone else. Listen to yourself. You don't need, you don't need God. You don't need family. You don't need anyone but yourself. Here's the problem with that thought. Lock yourself in your room for a while, close the door, don't let anyone in, and just hang out with yourself, and I'll guarantee you, after a while, you won't like yourself. <laughs> You're going to get really tired about yourself. If your only focus is on self, you will become discouraged, 
dissatisfied and unhappy. I guarantee it. It's why, the, it's why Jesus says the two greatest commandments in the Bible is to love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love others as you love yourself. You need to love others. You need to love God. If we just put it all, guess what? You're not going to like yourself. Let me ask you this. Can you really be free in a world that contains no rights, no wrongs, no rules? Make that statement to the Ukrainian people. See what, you, see what you get back. Don't worry about right or wrong or rules. You're free. Be happy. I don't think so. The problem with following your, your own desires, your own feelings, is that they're constantly changing. It's impossible to find anything within this world to satisfy all your feelings and desires. Look at Vladimir Putin. I'm not trying to make this thing a political thing, but man, you can't go anywhere right now without seeing what's happening in the world, right? Guess what? He's following his feelings. He's following his own desires. And yet in the midst of that, he's killing innocent men, women, and children all along the way. And he's being really outcasted by the world. I mean, the world is just denouncing him 100%. But he's deceived by his own thoughts. He's deceived by his own feelings. And I know that Putin is an extreme example but our human nature constantly wants more. It's never satisfied. It's never, it's never complete. It's always desiring something more. You can't find that final contentment. It's elusive. It becomes, contentment becomes elusive. It's hard to, 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 to attain it. In fact, many times our own feelings and desires, I don't know if you've ever struggled with this, but they begin to war inside of you. You're fighting against yourself. Your identity is not found, and I want you to catch this thought. Your identity is not found in what you, or what or how you feel. Your identity is not an expression of your feelings. Think about all the strong feelings you've had at different times in your life. All the different things. All the strong feelings that come with inside of you. Think about those feelings. If we all followed our feelings, guess what? We'd all be locked up in jail. When that person cut you off yesterday as you were driving down the freeway and they just all of a sudden pulled in front of you and they were in the wrong and they still flipped you off and those feelings that happened inside of you, yeah, you'd be locked away in jail for sure. You know what I'm talking about. Don't deny it. You see, most of us choose not to identify with all the feelings that are happening with inside of us. We reject the feelings of hate and anger that leads to murder, right? We reject the feeling of lust that leads to raping an innocent person. I'm hearing that literally right now in Ukraine, women are being killed and raped in this situation. Well, guess what? Most of us have something inside of us that says, you know what? Even though I might have this weird feeling, I'm not going to do that. What is that? What is that inside of us? See, most of us have a compass that helps us identify the difference between right and wrong. We have a filter that we process our thoughts through. We have a set of beliefs or values that we choose to live by. Where do those values come from? Do they come from our community? Yeah. Do they come from our parents? Yeah. Do they come from people that we respect? Yes. But I believe all of that, our real true values, honest values, they come from God. Our identity should, be, should not be determined by random feelings. Our identity should be established in a set of beliefs 
that go beyond our feelings. In today's society, identity is many times measured by your success. How many followers do you have on social media? You're, man, you're amazing. How big is your paycheck? Wow. What's the title in front of your name? Are you kidding me? You see, society no longer measures success by faithfulness or by the commitment to a standard or set of beliefs. I'm going to read that again. Society no longer measures success by faithfulness or by your commitment to a standard or set of beliefs. In fact, many times if you live by a standard, you are ridiculed. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're ridiculed because you're, ridiculed because you're too narrow-minded. You're too intolerant. But living life without a standard, living life solely on our own selfish desires will, will weaken us as a society and it will actually create broken homes. It will create divorce in our, in our relationships. It will break apart relationships. Without a standard, there is no way to measure our love towards one another. We need acceptance. We need validation that's independent from ourselves. And I want you to catch this thought. Jesus brings this acceptance by introducing a new standard. This is what I'm talking about when I say, you know what, take up your cross and follow me. This is what Jesus is talking about. He says, you know what, I'm going to introduce a new standard for you to live by. You don't have to live by this old standard anymore. You know what, this is a new standard. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus is calling us to something greater. If you call yourself a Christ follower, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a person who loves God, he's calling you to something greater than just your feelings. He's calling you to a standard that he has put in, into our lives. It's, it's greater than a standard that is put into our society. It's God's standard. It's a standard that's not based on feelings, but upon his word. At first you think the words of Jesus, and I, I, I struggled with this when I was younger for so long. I just felt always, I always felt, because I, I, I'm going to share something, and I wanna, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to communicate this all the way through. When I was younger, high school, grade school, junior high, high school, even in parts of my college, I always served God out of fear. I'm never, boy, I just don't know if I, am I good enough? I don't know, I don't know. I always served God out of fear. And then a transformation took place in my life where I understood I don't need to serve God out of fear. I serve God out of faith. And, and it was a switch in my mind. And it was based because I was trying to live by my own standards instead of Christ standards. And you, you think, but Pastor Tom, Christ standard is take up your cross and follow me. It sounds like a huge standard. At first you think the words of Jesus are impossible to obey. The standard is too difficult. I can't measure up to the standard that Jesus is calling me to. But here is the key takeaway. Write it down. The standard is not based on your ability or on your goodness. The standard is based upon Jesus' ability and his goodness. Our forgiveness is based upon Jesus' sacrifice. Listen to the words that Jesus shares about his own life. This is prior to Jesus going to the cross. He's about ready to be crucified. And he shares these words in John chapter 12, verse 24. He says, I tell you the truth. Speaking about his own life. 
Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus was sharing about his sacrifice, about his crucifixion, about his death, how his death would produce a new harvest of new lives. How does this take place? Because through Jesus' sacrifice, we are all given the opportunity of new life by putting our faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus gets, catch us, Jesus gives us a new identity. When we choose to obey and follow him, he says, here, I'm going to put upon you a new identity. We no longer live under our old identity of sin or shame, guilt, condemnation, the words that have been spoken about us on the past, the thing that you never feel like you're good enough, those things that constantly hold you back. When you start walking out and you start walking out in faith, all of a sudden that thing that tries to grab a hold of you, pull you back into the, 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 the grime and the stuff that you've done in the past, you're not good. You, you, no, you're not. What are you doing? I'm going to pull you. It's always trying to pull you back. Guess what? Jesus says, no, 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 not now. When you put your faith in me, I'm going to give you a new identity. It's my righteousness. We no longer live under the old identity of sin or shame. We now live under the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ. Listen to how the Apostle Paul states it. He describes it in the idea of dying to self. In Galatians 2.20 he says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this earthly body by... So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It was the love that Jesus had for you and for me that caused Jesus to sacrifice his own life for each and every one of us. He loves you. He loves you enough to die for you. On the cross, Jesus received our punishment and in exchange, we received his forgiveness and his righteousness. The Apostle Paul received a new identity. It's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Saul the persecutor who became Paul the evangelist. He he turned the world upside down because of the power of Christ who was living within him. He received a new identity. His identity was no longer found in in self. His identity was found in Jesus. It changed everything in his life. Paul was adamant about his life change. He put zero Zero confidence in his own flesh. He puts zero confidence in himself, but complete confidence in Jesus. Listen to how he describes it in Philippians chapter 3. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value, infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through, through faith in Christ. Did you catch that? I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him, with himself, depends on faith. The Apostle Paul identified the value of knowing Jesus above all else. Everything else in life. The greatest thing that he could ever is to know Jesus. Notice how Paul described his transformation. The Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. It was a religious sect or group during that time that really built 
everything upon your own good works, how you obeyed the law, by everything that you did, the sacrifices that you made, everything you did, if you were good enough, then you might make it into heaven. And notice how Paul described that transformation that took place in life, in his life. Because see, Paul as a Pharisee, growing up in that, in that environment, for the hope of salvation, all dependent upon his goodness, it forced you to live a life that was unachievable. You could really never live up to the standard that was set. And it made you all of a sudden fall into this false identity of life. Jesus regularly called out the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. John the Baptist called them, you brood of vipers. Why were they so hard on the Pharisees, of the, the religious people of the day? Because, guess what? They were living under a false identity. They had a mask on. They were trying to be something that they were not. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, I've used this illustration before. It's like all of a sudden I tell you guys that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, be a jockey. I'm going to race in the Kentucky Derby. As soon as I make that statement, you guys know I'm lying. There's no way I'm going to get down to 110 pounds. There's just zero way for me to get down to the 110 pounds. I'm never going to be a jockey or be this, this famous racehorse because I, I can't do it. It's impossible for me. See, Paul's identity and why this scripture pops out to me, because Paul's identity was all of a sudden set free from this lie that he was trying to live. And now he finds freedom in Jesus. I've been reading a book, a uh, really good book by Timothy Keller, Making Sense of God. And I've referred to it in this series a couple times now. But let me, I, let me just share what he writes, because I feel like it was so good. He says, moralistic re religion operates on this principle. I live a good and moral life, therefore God accepts me. Gospel Christianity operates in, an, in the opposite way. God accepts me unconditionally in Jesus Christ, therefore I live a good and moral life. In the first case, you live a good life out of the hope of a reward. This is what I was doing when I was younger. With all the insecurity and self-doubts that go with it, will you ever be good enough for the reward? In the Christian approach, the motivation is, is one not of fear, but of grateful joy. You live to please and resemble the one who saved you at infinite cost to himself by going to the cross. You serve him not in order to coerce him to love you, but because he already does. Isn't that powerful? The reason Jesus asked us to pick up our cross and follow him is because he wants to set us free from our selfish identity so that we can discover a new identity in him. Don't try to hang on to your old ways. Don't try to hang on to your old habits. Don't try to hang on to the anger that you, that you maybe have had in your life. Your past unforgiveness. Let it go and follow Jesus. Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, if anyone is in, a, in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. Following Jesus begins a new life. Ephesians 1 states that we have been adopted into God's family. Have you ever thought about that? That you, 
I talked about a little bit last week about brothers and sisters in Christ where I grew up as a, when I was a kid. I thought everybody in the church was related. Hey, brother, brother Westfield, hey, sister. Man, mom, dad, we have a lot of relatives around here. But the reason we say that is because in the Bible it talks about that as the family of God, when we start serving Christ, we've been adopted into his family. We take on a new identity. We take on a new identity. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus late at night to talk, about, talk to Jesus. And Jesus told Nicodemus, he says, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God without being born again. And Nicodemus says, born again? What in the world are you talking about, Jesus? Literally, it says in the Bible, you want me to crawl back up into my mother's womb? He had no idea what he was talking about. But what Jesus was talking about, no, Nicodemus, you're never going to enter into the kingdom of heaven under this old identity of sin and shame. You, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your own strength. The only way that you're ever going to enter into heaven is if you choose to put your faith in me, you need to be born again and take on my righteousness, take on my forgiveness, and watch what I will do in and through your life. Our faith in Jesus sets us free from ourselves so that we can live a life that Jesus always desired us to live. But it's hard to step into our new identity when we are constantly trying to find our identity through other areas of our life. I'm going to say that again. It's hard to step into our new identity. We're always trying to find identity in everything else. Job, family, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, dog, pets, whatever. Jesus wants us to stop trying to find our identity in those things. Give up Jesus, give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. You see, you don't need to compare yourselves to other people anymore. You don't need to compare yourself. Get off of Instagram. Get off of Facebook. And don't take that to the extreme. Let me put it this way. Because some of you money are making money off Instagram. So keep making money off the... In whatever way you make money, make it. But if you're... If you're flipping through the Instagram, and the more you flip through, the worse you feel, put it down. Stop looking at it. If you're going to Facebook and you're comparing your life to everybody else, you're going, what a horrible life I have. You know that's the best 1% of their life that they're putting on there? Put it down. You don't need to compare yourself to others. Stop, Stop trying to be something that you're not. There's no more need to put others down catch us so that you can lift others up don't do that all you need is to start being the person that Jesus called you to be take up your cross and follow Jesus here's the amazing truth that I want to share and this is something that's really important for you to take away when you find your identity in Jesus when you discover the great love that Jesus has for you and you accept it by faith and say Lord I'm going to walk by faith I'm going to walk by the power of your Holy Spirit I know I'm going to make mistakes, but God, I know your grace is with me. And I'm just going to choose to follow after you. And I pray, God, keep on taking this sin off my life so I can keep on following after you. He will. If your heart is pure, if your heart is true, if that's what you are desiring, he will. He will help you right through it. I'm telling you right now. But here's the amazing truth. When you find your identity in Jesus, all the other areas of your life start to become clearer and better. 
It's not that you need to give up your profession. It's not that you need to give up your work. It's not that you need to give up your family. You don't have to give up your hobbies. All those things can remain. You don't have to give up all that stuff. But now they take a backseat to your identity. That is in Jesus Christ. All those things take a backseat to who you really are. Does that make sense? You are now a follower of Jesus who happens to be a police officer. You're now a follower of Jesus who happens to be a teacher. You're now a follower of Jesus who happens to be a nurse. You see, your number one identity is Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus is asking from you. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Your identity and security no longer rest in the things of this world. Your identity is found in Jesus. So next time you hear that statement, die to self. Next time you hear that statement, say, gladly. Absolutely. Why can you say that so boldly? Because you know what? If, meaning, if dying, dying to self means that I can follow Jesus, I'm willing to die to self. That's what Paul did. Yeah, I will gladly die to self so that I can follow Jesus. Amen? Uh, today, we're going to take communion together. And I want to share a scripture with you. I closed this up too early. And I really felt like as we took communion today, I know I'm not in any prayer, but I will in a minute. I felt like this was such a great way as we were talking about dying to self, as we're honoring Christ who died for each and every one of us. And he was resurrected. And he set us free. I felt like it was so important today that we would honor Jesus today by taking communion together. And I want you to take the bread out. It's that little wafer in the, in the top. It represents the body of Christ. And I want to read a scripture to you today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Listen to this. This is your identity. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Do you know that God has called you out of darkness? He's called you away from sin. He's calling you into his wonderful light. He's calling you into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Today we take communion in remembrance of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And if you're here today, and you've always identified yourself as a failure, as a bad parent, as a person who maybe their marriage completely collapsed, Maybe you didn't make it in school. And you, you always regret those things. You, you live in a life of regret. You live in a life at times where you just are discouraged. Maybe fear has gripped you at different times in life. Maybe fear is gripping you now with everything that's going on in the world. And your identity is in the wrong place because it's in self. It's in the things of this world. Today you have an opportunity to put your identity in Jesus Christ. You can choose to die to self, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. If that's you to hear today, I want you to take this bread with me, which represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for all of our sins so that we could be set free. Guess what? Complete freedom in Jesus Christ that we can follow him 
and no longer have to have all the guilt, all the pain, all the suffering. We are forgiven of all those things. God says, yeah, let's start a new life with me. That's you here today. I want you to take this with me today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to take this bread. It represents the body, your body, that was broken for each and every one of us. Lord, we take this today. represents the blood of Jesus. The Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no repentance of sin and that's why Jesus came from heaven to earth to make a sacrifice once and for all. The sacrifice really an eternal sacrifice that, that sets everything right if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I just feel like will you guys stand with me today as we take this? I want to honor Jesus today. If you're here today and you need to be set free of something that's just been bothering you, I'm going to say a prayer before we take this, and I want you just to believe with me right now. Lord Jesus, for every person here, I pray, God, that any person here that's been struggling with difficulties or whatever it might be, maybe sin or whatever it might be, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would set them free. Lord God, we repent of our ways, we repent of the wrongs, we repent of the things that we've done in, in, even this week or in our life. And Lord God, we choose to follow you today. We make you number one. We lay down ourselves, Lord God. We take up our cross and we follow you. In Jesus' name, will you take with me today? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you. I pray today, Lord God, that you'd fill us with your presence, fill us with your spirit, set us free from ourselves so that we, Lord God, can be free to follow you. We love you, Lord. We thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.